Well, hello, and again, uh, welcome back to our Acts Bible Study. Uh, thank you for allowing Pastor Mark and myself to have a, a brief intermission over the Christmas and uh, New Year's time. But we'd really like to jump back in this with you today. Uh, we just have a few more chapters to go, and we will wrap this up. And as uh, Pastor Mark mentioned on Sunday, we'll jump into our next Bible study. We hope you'll continue with us in the book of Mark. Uh, but today we're going to begin uh, with Acts, if you're following up with us, chapter 26, uh, beginning at verse 1. So I'll start reading and we'll go from there. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope and what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. This is the promise of our 12 tribes. Uh, excuse me. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. O King, it is because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is what uh, that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. Uh, just a quick recap yep. of where we are so far. Paul on trial. Um, I think first Paul is saying that uh, if the Agrippa had been present or presiding over his earlier trial, he probably would have already been released. Yes. Uh, Agrippa's familiar with the culture, the Jews, the Pharisees, the, the controversy with this new sect of the way. And then uh, in Paul's uh, defense, he says, I'm, again, that whole I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees kind of thing. And not only was I opposed to this Christian sect, I mean, I was, I was the biggest persecutor of all of them. Like, I'm no uh, lightweight that would have been easily persuaded to switch sides. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I was zealous wholehearted against this thing yeah i love to use that word obsessed i was like i was obsessed in what i was doing yeah and i don't know it kind of gives us that history we've, we've already heard this i guess several times within the scripture but it shows i think the historical record that's there that paul has to tell his story um on multiple occasions right to to different people and i like what he, he sticks with it too right we don't see his story changing in any way he has the exact same facts over and over again which i think brings uh, legitimacy to his story then mm -hmm. too and that he's still sticking with the story even though it's actually putting him in a in a worse light and making things darker for him right N none of this uh sticking with the story doesn't make things ever easier for him and how good of a piece of evidence is that for the gospel of this one who says 
you know, I am this representative of Christ and he keeps pushing forward. If this was a made up story or if it was something that Paul truly didn't believe in, at some point in his life, you would have thought he would say, okay, this, I, I've been going with the story long enough. It's not working. It's yeah. not getting me anywhere. I'm I keep ending back. up in prison. Yeah, exactly. I keep whipped. And, exactly. Yeah, none of his, uh, uh, I don't know, it starts maybe get repetitive as we get through kind of towards the last chapters of Acts because he has told the story yeah. now several yeah. times that we've heard it. Uh, but, you know, every time he's speaking to a new audience, he's yes. in a new country or a new city and, uh, new, again, new, new, new audience, the people around him. And again, uh, you know, your point was really good about none of it, none of his story uh, paints him in this beautiful light. Like he's not a hero no. to the Pharisee side. He's not a hero really kind of to the Christian side. He's, a, he's admitting that, you know, at the beginning, I was the worst of sinners. I yeah. was the farthest away from the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the only other good piece of this before we move on to is just for... You know, when people say that, right, I think people really do believe that in our day and age. Like, I am, I have done too many bad things or I'm too bad of a person for somebody around me to love me or especially for God to even love me. But look at this example of what happens through Paul. And this really is a good place for us to be able to point people to who have that that mindset at least. Yes, indeed. All right. You want me to take the next one? Yeah. All right. We're in verse 12. Uh, on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from their darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So he quotes, you know, Jesus, what Jesus told him on the road to Damascus. And then verse 19, so then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. (laughs) I mean, he's like this. Yeah, this happened. This light, this yeah. voice. This is what this I was is why told. I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. For verse twenty. So, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preach that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts. Oh, yeah, seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help up to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Christ would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. 
you know, as you go go back to the song of Simeon there. Yeah. And Jesus here, you know, in this season right now at Christmas, right? And Jesus goes to the temple and the Simeon, uh, Lord, let your servant now go in peace. Your, yeah. your word has been fulfilled. There's Jesus, the light to the, uh, your, your people Israel and, and to the nations. Yeah, we've heard of this obviously a couple times before too, the same continued story. I think this is the at least the third time now that I can remember him talking about it being at noon. I mentioned it before. I love that part because he talks about Christ being brighter than the sun, right? That this light shows up and blinds him. The noonday sun. Yeah, all of us have probably been blinded before by you know something that happens in the night. You turn on a, a light in a bathroom maybe or something or a flashlight at a campfire gets shown in your eyes. Mm -hmm. But for it to be noon, like the brightest part of the day, and this light to be brighter than that. I mean, think about what it takes for a light to overtake a, a light. It's mm -hmm. so difficult. Even a bright light to overtake one that's slightly more, less dull is, yeah. is so difficult. So uh, I think you see the, uh, again, the miraculous element that happens during this time. And remember, there were witnesses to this. It wasn't, people maybe did not hear uh, what was said to Saul. But there are men with Saul during this time that see this happening and see this bright light. Um, I do like the description in here. I don't know, maybe you can tell me, Pastor Mark, uh, if this is the exact wording that was used when we hear it again in the book of Acts. I'll have to look back. Uh, when he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Obviously, I know that that was in there. Mm -hmm. But then Jesus uses this uh, terminology here. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. I don't think that's what was said in the, in the first in the, time. In the other one, but uh, I actually had to think about what that meant. I guess a goad really is like, um, like if, if a farmer was trying to transfer cattle or cows from one place to a nest, they would have some type of like a, a sharp stick, almost like a, maybe a even stick. metallic element oh, yeah. at some point, kind of poke them. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, you know, why would an animal want to kick up against this sharp piece? It's only going to hurt themselves. And Christ is saying the same thing, you know, Saul, like, why are you persecuting pushing me? You along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't do this. You know, don't go against this. I'm trying to get you from one place to the next. And as I thought about that, I was like, man, what a great piece of terminology. You know, don't, at least I, for myself personally, feel like I kind of need that sometimes, mm -hmm. right? It's not this, it's not poking to be able to stab somebody to be able to make somebody bleed. But this sense of, I think, like encouragement of let's get going here. And maybe we need the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of serving for us in that way sometimes too, right? Is that goad of kind of acknowledging or directing us too, right? It's not just that get moving, but it's also directing of which way to be able to go. And that's something I don't think I really picked up on before going through the book of Acts. Yeah, and I, and I think that ties into with the kind of defense he's making to King Agrippa. He's like, you know, this light came down, this, the Lord spoke to me. I'm not going to go against what the Lord yeah. spoke to me. And he kind of wraps You're it exactly up. exactly right. Jesus said, <laughs> You're exactly you, right. You, if you try to go against what I'm, the direction I'm pushing you, it's not going to go well. Right? Kicking against the, the spiky things. Yeah. Yeah. I also like too, when Paul is talking in here in verse, I think it's 22 here, he says, I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. The Christ would suffer and he would rise from the dead. And how right is he, right? All these individuals that have followed these prophets of old that are looking forward to this Savior to come, uh, they've said all these exact same things. You know, people that are still really lifted up within just even the culture in general around them. And I think that's such a good point for Paul to be able to make, to say, listen, this, is, this isn't a new message that I am bringing. This isn't something out of our studies. 
this is something that was already presented. And, you know, again, there should be more evidence and credence to it because of what our forefathers have passed down to us. So I thought that part was interesting as well. Yeah, that's good. And then verse 24, Festus jumps back in. Festus was the new governor in town. He called Agrippa in to help him out with this kind of yep. dilemma with Paul, this prisoner of Paul, what to do with him. And so verse uh, 24, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. It's interesting, right? That you've looked into this too much. You that you have become obsessed with it, I guess. Uh, your great learning, that you've looked so much into it that you've you've told yourself that these things are true even though they're not. I guess that's what he's saying mm -hmm. there. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. What well, well and I think it's uh, key. I'm sure you know Festus was concerned about kind of the whole Paul's whole story. But right where he interrupts him is the biggest scandal of all, right? Christ would suffer mm. and the first to rise from the dead. I mean, I, I've talked about this a lot in the last year, I think, but I mean, the very heart, the very kernel, the, the foundation of the faith is the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. Everything, everything we believe stands or falls on that one truth, that one historical event. And it's the one that's the hardest to believe. Mm. Um, if you've ever been to a funeral, if you've ever seen a corpse, I mean, they don't get up. Yeah, they don't eat fish on the beach. Yeah, with their friends the next day, they don't speak to you ever again. It's a in the eyes of the world, it's a it's a permanent kind of thing. And yeah, the concept of creation almost seems easier than that, right? Because you're developing something from other elements, maybe, mm -hmm. or that's how people at least see it. But something that has already been broken down, you don't create things normally from mm -hmm. refuge from trash or something that has gone away, right? And that's what it feels like for that moment. So it's right when he says that this is what was foretold, Christ will die and rise. And he says, you're insane. <laughs> Verse 25, I am not insane. Most excellent Festus. Yeah, still very respectful. Yeah. <laughs> All replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. Uh, I am convinced that none of this has escaped its notice uh, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> Go! Yeah, yeah. I flip my hourglass real quick. Go! Yeah, you t t yeah. Paul's like, I'll, I'll accept that challenge. Uh, Paul replied, short time or long, I pray, God, that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. <laughs> you can see him doing it, right? I When I reread this today, I had envisioned the exact same thing of he says the words and then just kind of holds up his arm and points to <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. obviously. <laughs> except for these chains, which is a great point because people would be looking at him and be like, why would I want to be in your place? But it almost does have this huge comedic value to it, that, you know, except for these chains. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. So <laughs> such a great piece there. I like, too, when he's talking to King Agrippa, you ask him, you know, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. You know, uh, he kind of does get him caught there, right? Because King Agrippa does seem to be one who is uh, faithful to that. And he does want to say yes. But in this 
he in this matter, you he doesn't want to follow it to Paul's conclusion. Yeah, he kind of wants to and tap he, the brakes. He actually can't say no either because number one, he's going against I think his own will. Number two, he's going against uh, what the people around him that also believe in the prophets that maybe don't again t- want to take it as far as Paul does, but they do believe in the prophets are trying to pass up. So he kind of gets them stuck mm-hmm. here in the middle. Right. All right, just a few more here. You want me to close it up or are you going to do it? Yeah, sure. All verse right, 30. verse 30. The king rose and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. They left the room and while talking with one another, they said, this man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Right, and so there's the tragic irony but it's not tragic because it's god's will that he would go to rome to, mm-hmm. to to preach the gospel tragic also that remember he's been sitting in this prison and up in Caesarea like two years of uh, you know when felix was the governor um you know and and they're both sitting there going this guy shouldn't not yeah. only he doesn't deserve death he really shouldn't even be in jail yeah but we've heard and we've, <clears throat> well, we've heard this a couple times right like it's the same thing and but, and that's the actual truth, but recognize everything that has occurred because of this, right? He has had so many different opportunities to share the gospel with people, maybe even at times uh, prolong his life because he was in a certain area being trapped or was being shipwrecked. And I think we do the same thing too, right? Oh man, I wish that wouldn't have happened in my life because we direct that if that wouldn't have happened there must have been so much other good that came could have come during this time but it really becomes relative you know how do we know more good would have came about in our life if we didn't suffer this or that not that we want uh harm to come upon ourselves broken relationships you name it but we often limit i think god at times too of what can be done in those moments. I mean, Paul seems to just continue to grow and be able to share with so many. I mean, even uh, in his words here, he talks about the fact that um, uh, that it hasn't gone unnoticed. I am convinced that none of this has escaped the notice. You know, it wasn't done in a corner. Some of this actually puts it out for the forefront of people to be able to see. So I think we gotta be careful as Christians and just as all people to be able to say what is best or what is not. And Paul doesn't do that in this this instance, but I think the people around him were kind of like, like you said, he, he could have been set free. He's not doing anything here. Yeah, again, it's that, if you're reading a novel, uh, you know, this is somebody's story or, you know, I don't know, just a regular biography, it would be like, oh man, that's tragic. Mm-hmm. That is. Mm-hmm. He spent two years in prison. He didn't even need to. He's facing death the whole time. He's sitting there on death row, basically. Yeah. And uh, didn't need to happen. And then to get the, you know, acquittal, kind of from the from the judge, but for the judge to say, oh, I'm sorry, you appealed to Caesar. I I no longer have the authority to set you free yeah. now. I yeah. got to send you to to Rome. Yeah. And it's like, man, you like you missed two chances where you could have got out <laughs> got out of jail. Um, but all in God's plan. And next week, next chapter, we'll uh, jump into 27, the big sailing to Rome. Yeah. There's a storm. There's a shipwreck. Always Another shipwreck. Lots yeah. of action and adventure in the Bible. It's uh, not dull. No, that's true. That's it's true. not dull. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. 
again, it is good to be back. Yeah. Uh, Happy New Year, I guess, to those watching uh, more closer to live. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, somebody might be watching this uh, a year, a from, year now. from now and yeah. no, didn't know we had a... Or maybe it's like a Chinese New Year or something. Yeah, different yeah. time period. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. All right, let's, uh, let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your hand of protection over your whole church. And we ask that you would continue to guide us as uh, members of this family of faith here in Scottsdale, Arizona, in the year 2021, uh, to continue to fulfill your mission as a church body. But, uh, you know, we do, we'll do that uh, each and every day as individuals. Uh, spending time with you every day to, to strengthen our faith and, and living out that faith in our words and our actions, uh, proclaiming Jesus Christ, the one that uh, prophecy uh, foretold that would die for our sins and rise for our eternal life. I uh, pray that message is crystal clear in our uh, everyday life. Uh, we pray your uh, protection of uh, health and safety on our citizens and uh, of the world uh, and in this pandemic. Uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>